This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. couple quick texts I want to get to real quick. Just win Wendy. Definitely appreciate you. Sam and Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. 2020 Cleveland versus the Raiders. Grapple, granular snow pellets. I remember it was almost horizontal from the win, and yes, we could win this game this year. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that. And then Vegas Pete, and then we'll go right to the phone lines. Vegas Pete says, it's a big deal that we get the Pro Bowl and the free NFL draft. The NFL draft gets higher ratings than any game it's against on TV. Vegas fans are excited here, and so is TV and radio locally. Thousands will travel to it. Super Bowl is the biggest event a city can book for its economy. And yes, that is right. The city of Las Vegas is estimated to make $500 million because of Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl 58 is going to generate more than $500 million for the city. You go ahead and sit on that for a quick minute. Let me go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, H in Albuquerque. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. How you doing, gentlemen? Blessed, blessed. So, that's good. That's good, brother. Hey, um, first thing, let me respond to Nick. I'm a Bay Area Raider fan. I'm from, originally from Santa Clara. And I've been a Raider fan for more than 45 years. Um, I knew way back, if you recall, when they, um, the Niners started to build Levi Stadium, they offered the Raiders to go in as a joint tenant. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders refused, and I knew that was the beginning of the end for the Oakland Raiders. I knew eventually they were going to leave the Bay somehow. Um, what better landing spot? And I think, you know, as the Legion Stadium, that's a sense of pride for all Raider fans. I think it's a palace. Yep. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm so glad. I think it's going to be, end up being a regular part of the Super Bowl rotation. There are certain sites right. where they play a lot of Super Bowls. That should be one of them. That should take New Orleans' place permanently, if you ask me. Uh, what, there's no better place. Right. And the other thing I was, the other thing I was calling about was, uh, I hear a lot, and maybe I don't hear this, but a lot of people keep talking about the skill positions. Uh, we need to improve the skill positions. And I'm sure, and I believe, yeah, we can get better. But my big problem is with the offensive line. Right. You know, last time I called, we talked a little about this. The Raiders have played well enough this year to beat anybody left on the schedule. But asking them to win out, yeah, that's just extremely unlikely because, it can't, because our offensive line is not consistent. The Raiders are not consistent. And until that we get a decent offensive line that can block, it just ain't going to happen. I don't care if we get Devontae. Thank you, H. I do appreciate the call. We'll address that in a few minutes. Right now, patiently waiting on the phone lines is Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. He's a reporter going to be on the call. Raiders-Brown Saturday at 1.30 p.m. You can watch that game on NFL Network. And, Steve, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. There's so much that I want to get to with you. I can't, can't wait to really dive into this conversation. First of all, the biggest news here in Las Vegas is Super Bowl 58 is going to be here at Allegiant Stadium. You've been covering the league for a very, very long time. Was there ever a time in your mind that you thought, hey, Las Vegas is going to host a Super Bowl? Well, not until, you know, not until the team was relocated here and the stadium was built here. I mean, come on. The NFL resisted Las Vegas for so long because of all the gambling concerns and whatnot. But once they, you know, they approved the Raiders to relocate, you knew they were going to come. Just because, you know, look, they give every team that builds a new stadium a Super Bowl. 
but just the growth potential and the money-earning potential here in Las Vegas, as well as it being the entertainment capital of the world, come on. And don't think this is going to be the last one either. Right, right. It's going to be part of that rotation. You know, New Orleans, Miami, uh, Arizona, it'll be part of that that healthy rotation. And just for fans that don't really know, how big is that? How large is that for a city to host uh, a Super Bowl like, like, like Las Vegas will be doing? I mean, it's incredible. But first off, everybody better prepare to not even think about driving downtown <laughs> that weekend because the traffic flow and all that stuff is going to be redirected or, or cut off. But besides that, I mean, it's, it's just bananas because, you know, you have teams coming in from out of town. You have their fan bases. You're going to have people, because it's Las Vegas and because the game takes place in February, just people from all over the world who are going to want to be here, even if they're not going to the game, just because of all the surrounding events. I mean, you remember, it, it's Super Bowl week. It's not just Super Bowl Sunday. So it is an event that's, you know, five or six days of mayhem that once you get to the Thursday of that week, it really, really ratchets up. And Vegas knows how to throw a party, and people who come to the Super Bowl, they want to be part of that party. No doubt about it. We're on with NFL Network Steve Weiss here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And this is a question I threw out to start the show was with the announcement being official as it is today, do you think that that puts maybe even a little bit more pressure on Mark Davis, who we know is going to be in a coaching hire after the season and everything, and they're going to have to you know, do some things with this roster. Do you think it puts a little bit more pressure on him to try to make sure they get everything right so you know they're, they're not a laughingstock of the league when they're going to be hosting a, a Super Bowl? Not really. I mean, look, there's a lot of teams that have hosted, a lot of areas that have hosted Super Bowls, and their their team hasn't been that great. Okay. I mean, so that I don't I don't think, you know, that part, you know, is the issue. I think the bigger part is for Mark to return this organization to respectability in a lot of different ways, and to also show that it's part of the fabric of the community. And you know, what we've seen so far, community-wise, they've established that part. The city's really embraced them, but no team, and I've covered this this sport for a long time, this league for a long time, has gone through some of the mayhem that the Raiders have. And that these are just things that they just can't have at any time, but let alone when the world's focus who pays attention to the sport are going to be coming to their city. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting, obviously, in the offseason to see uh, everything that shakes out and how this this roster is put together. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of work that Mark Davis has that he's got to do. And and again, you'll be on the on the broadcast on Saturday for Cleveland and uh, the Raiders. And, and right now, I mean, the biggest word out there, and I hate to talk about it, is COVID nineteen. I mean, it's taken over the league. It's taken over multiple sports. Uh, what is the latest and the greatest as far as what the league could potentially do? I think the Browns are up to eighteen guys, including Baker Mayfield, in COVID nineteen protocols. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, two of their starting DBs. I mean, they've got the key players who are down. And look, it's not just the you know the, the Browns. The, right. the Rams, I think, have fourteen or fifteen guys who are in on this. So at the league meetings today in Dallas, there apparently was discussion between the NFL and the NFL Players Association about um, incorporating maybe more frequent testing, daily testing, things like that. But the interesting conversation is that if vaccinated players who are asymptomatic test positive would be allowing them to return to the field earlier. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's something that could even go into effect this weekend because apparently a lot of the players for Cleveland who tested positive were vaccinated, some of whom even had the booster, including their coach, Kevin Stefanski. So if all of a sudden, I think right now the rule is there's got to be like a day of quarantine or two days of quarantine yeah. and then two negative tests or something like that. Mm-hmm. If 
if they shorten that period, okay, maybe that's something that could be worked out. But they're going to follow the guidance of the CDC and other health officials to kind of determine if that's really going to be something safe for them to do. So, again, I don't think that comes into play this weekend, but I think it's something that could come into play by the end of the season because we're seeing cases ramp up across the country. And the last thing the NFL wants to have happen is to not be able to be able to finish the season with most of the playoff bound teams intact, with all the teams intact, I should say, to kind of give it the type of finish that it wants. Well, and then with having the 18th week this season, uh, as opposed to what they had last season, there's really no wiggle room as far as, well, we can move this game and push this game or this, that, and the other. They really don't have any wiggle room. Right. I mean, and and that's a great point. I mean, remember last year when they were 17, they said they did not want to build in that extra week. But now, like you said, there's not that wiggle room. So, you know, they've already talked about it in the beginning of the season that, you know, if if a team can't play, um, you know, there, there could be forfeitures. I mean, especially if it's, if a team with a, with a heavily unvaccinated um, population, which most teams are, are, you know, darn near fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's a possibility. But, I mean, look, this is, this is not a scenario that the NFL really wants to deal with, seeing a team like Cleveland and a team like the Rams have as many positive cases that they've had show up over the past two days. Yeah, no, it's it's been fast and furious, and it's 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 unfortunate, you know. And I was saying earlier that I don't want to see Cleveland without anybody. I want them to be in their full throttle. I mean, that's what that's what everyone wants to see is teams all there, their star players. Nobody wants to see a backup quarterback. No disrespect to Case Keenum, but you want to see the teams as, as intact as possible as you could have in Week 15. Well, especially if you're if you're you know paying big bucks to go to a stadium, you want to mm-hmm. see the elite players, but. You know, you want you mainly want to see these people healthy, and, and you want to see them, like you said, go out and compete, especially at this stage of the season where a lot of guys are ground down by injuries anyway. But this is what everyone pays to see is December football and January football. So, like you said, you want to have the best players out there. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, going to be on the broadcast, Cleveland and the Raiders on Saturday. So as you prepare for this game on Saturday, uh, taking COVID out of it, what are you looking for? How do you get prepared and ready for a game? Well, you know, for this particular game here, I mean, you, you can't take out the, the COVID situation just in terms of, you know, some of the things personnel-wise. Like, if you're the Raiders, you know, you've got to try to take advantage, even though there could be rain, right? They're, they're calling for rain. You've got to be able to hit some explosive plays in the pass game, especially early when you see John Johnson, one of the better safeties, and then Troy Hill, arguably the best nickelback in the, in the NFL, out. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be able to take advantage of that. And defensively, if you're, you're the Raiders, you're like, well, they're, they're, they're down Jarvis Landry and they're down Austin Hooper, right? They're top two receivers, one of which in Hooper being a tight end. So what is Cleveland going to do? They're going to run the heck out of the ball. So you better find a way to stop that from happening. But, you know, you can't take – you also cannot take Case Keenum for granted. This right. is a guy who, you know, almost led Minnesota to the Super Bowl a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And just a few weeks ago for Cleveland when Baker Mayfield was hurt and they were down both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at running back – he led them to a victory over Denver. Right. So this game with all those depletions and with you know the, the Raiders seemingly going there with no excuse to lose the game, it's going to be tougher um, than it actually looks. But you know, you know I, I even tweeted this out earlier. To me, there are no excuses for the Raiders for everything they've gone through and this and that to go into this game and not come out with a win. Yeah, and then you got introduced to Raiders Twitter. <laughs> Which is fine. Ooh, this is... This is, a, I mean, I knew they were a fatalistic bunch, you know, just after years of seeing what's going on, but my goodness. 
Yeah, it, I, say, I, I called. I called them humorously dire on Raiders Twitter. Yes, it's it's something. I'll tell you that it is something. As someone that goes through it every day, and I, I love the passion, I love the energy. But man, it, it's it's something. Uh, I saw you tweet that out earlier, bunch, man. The beatdown bunch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But uh, you know, hey, we definitely appreciate them. We definitely love them. Uh, as far as just the the NFL in general, what they've been able to do with this season to make it so intriguing by backloading so many conference games at the end of these schedules. How much more exciting has that made this season as opposed to other seasons? Well, I mean, they've done that for about the past six or seven years where they put, you know, in, in the about the final three games, you're going to probably face at least two divisional opponents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did that intentionally. Right. But that's, you know, that part is nothing new. I think what's happening this year, which made it so intriguing, is that no team has really just jumped out as that juggernaut. I mean, the the Buccaneers got off to kind of a slow start, and now they're crushing it. The Chiefs got off to a slow start, and now they're playing well. Then you have a team like the Patriots, who we thought was still a year away, just come out after that great free agent bonanza, and they're playing like a team that could win the Super Bowl. I mean, the Packers have been strong all year, and their defense has been really good, and their run game has been awesome. You're seeing the Rams all of a sudden starting to catch a little wind in their sails. So some of the elite teams, you know, from the previous couple of years and the teams that kind of went for it in free agency, like the Cardinals, and what they're really rounding into shape. And you're still wondering over the past month, can Dallas get back on track, right? Can a team like the Colts or the Titans, who, who can look so good some weeks, can they emerge? And then, and then is there a wild card team out there mm-hmm. that really, you know, that really scares you? Can a team like the Chargers, who've got all that offensive potential and firepower, can they come on late? So the, these final these final few weeks are going to be just absolutely outstanding because there's going to be a team right now that's playing well that's going to hit that banana peel, and there's going to be a team that's that's kind of been in and out, come see, come saw, that's going to catch fire. That that's usually how it goes, and that's usually why again, these final four weeks of an NFL season are always the most intriguing. Talking right now with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Steve, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about something that we saw happen today that I was pretty pumped up about. And uh, Deion Sanders in Jackson State, they were able to flip the number one player in the country, uh, Travis Hunter, from FSU to Jackson State. That's why they went out and got Dion, and, and not to mention Jackson State, really good team. Uh, he, he coached them up and did a heck of a job, but uh, that's why they went out there and got him. How big of a deal was that for HBCUs in general that, that he was able to make that move? Well, I mean, this is huge. You know, Deion Sanders goes to Jackson State last year. They're pretty good. Then this year they're 10-1. and one. They're playing in the Celebration Bowl. He is the, he's the uh, FCS, FCS coach of the year. And now they flip a five-star recruit, the number one recruit, to come to a historically black college. And then uh, I believe it was Alabama State flipped another D1 recruit from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And then Edron James's son, who's a stud running back in Florida, is going to Howard University. So there's kind of been this renaissance um, in, at HBCUs overall, but to now start getting some of these big-time athletes, what Deion Sanders has done, ESPN, even though it could be on like uh, ESPNU or something, all, almost all of Jackson State's games or these black college games have been televised this season. So now they're going to get more high profile the more these big recruits come in, and there's more attention being paid to it. I mean, they're selling out the Mercedes-Benz uh, stadium in Atlanta this week for the celebration ball. That's 71,000 people coming to a black college game. So what Deion Sanders and his popularity have done 
as well as having a great coaching staff and now attracting three, four, and five-star type of athletes to Jackson, Mississippi now Mm -hmm. uh, to play football, it's been huge. And for all those people who are like Jackson State, just think of Walter Payton, just think of Lem Barney. There are four, you know, Robert Brazil, four Pro Football Hall of Famers who came out of Jackson State and a lot of great players, even in today's game, like Darius Leonard. And um, I'm thinking, I'm breaking down the name of the defensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, but a lot of great talent will come from the HBCUs, and it's really kind of good to see as an HBCU product myself, someone like this young man coming to Jackson State today. Yeah, Steve, i got to ask you, because you did go to an HBCU, you did go to Howard. Now, one of my friends, Mike, he works for the Raiders YouTube channel, and one day, it was during a game, and he was just, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm a bruh. And I was like, oh, you know, which school did you go to, you know? Oh, well, which one of those schools did you go to? And he was like, I went to Hampton, Hampton, the real HU. Uh, so is there some rivalry that I don't know about between which school is the real HU? Because he was saying it emphatically, like, don't make the mistake again. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to call it a rivalry when it's so one-sided, uh, to use the old cliche. Here we go. <laughs> but as, so here's the thing. My parents went to Hampton. So here's, so here's the dividing line. Hampton was always Hampton Institute, okay? Mm. When my parents went, there was Hampton Institute. Howard was always been Howard University. So the envy is real, you know, so when, like, your, your institute all of a sudden becomes a university, you want to claim something. But when you come for the king, right, when you come for the Mecca, the school on the hilltop, you just might want to keep those boasts in your pocket because there's only one real HU. The rest of the stuff is just a mirage. Okay, it's a very, it's a very simple thing, you know. It's just kind of like, you know, some of these, you know, UAB coming for Alabama or something like that. I mean, it just no, doesn't it, work. It, there's no rival. There's no rivalry. It's it's just all an illusion for those who did not go to the Capstone in Washington D.C. That was the best answer you could have given. <laughs> it was the only answer. <laughs> it was the only answer. That's great stuff, Steve. Well, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the broadcast, Cleveland, and uh, and the Raiders on, on NFL Network, 1.30 Pacific Standard Time is when it kicks off. Again, appreciate your time, and I uh, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Appreciate you guys. Take care. All right, there you go. Steve Weiss right there from the NFL Network. Does a fantastic job. Been covering the league for a very long time. Uh, Hall of Fame voter. Just he, he's, he's, If it's NFL, if it's football in general, Steve knows it and definitely appreciate his time. You can find him on Twitter at Weiss89 and uh, with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. That was I like that. I like pro- poking the bear a little bit there, huh? You got him stirred up, fired up. He he might he might go down <laughs> he, wherever he's at, wherever he called us from. He might be, uh, he might be uh, a little extra fired up now. It was just so funny because, you know, Mike, he was talking to me at the game day, and he was just like, yo, the real HU. And I seen Howard University and Steve's like, I got to ask him about this. Right, 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 and right. He's like, is this something I ain't know about? I was like, man, sorry to offend. Well, see, the thing is, <laughs> like, Steve comes to Allegiant Stadium every once in a while, right? Steve, I've seen him at Allegiant Stadium a few times. But Mike is your coworker, so you got to see him all the time. <laughs> and I know there's at least two more home games, so there you go. Oh, I'm definitely bringing it up. No, I think he already knows about it. I'm going I'm to search. You know Mike's like, hey. locked in. Mike has to listen to us all the time. I mean, all, all your coworkers listen to us because they want to see, you know, if you're going to be silly or not, or if you're going to be on point. You're Got like, it. I don't even know how to take that. Yo, yo. <laughs> Many thanks to Steve Weiss from the NFL Network for joining us, though. Talk a little bit of NFL scatter shooting, talking about the Raiders and the Browns, talking about everything going on with COVID-19. And, of course, I uh, had to close things out with a little HBCU, and I think that was a big deal today. 
when Deion Sanders prime time. That's the reason why they brought him in there to Jackson State was to get him to even the thing about it is he's not going to get every five star to go there. But to get one compared to what they were getting is a big deal, especially if you're a corner. And I said this before. I was in Central Texas when I said this. And matter of fact, my co-host actually tweeted at me today and was like, me and Q were talking about this when they hired Dion. If I'm a corner and I have an opportunity to learn from primetime, who's arguably one of the best corners to ever do it, I might think twice before I say, well, I can go to Florida State or I can go play for primetime. And the fact that he took him from Florida State, right. his, alma, his mater, alma mater. Exactly. Oh, my God. There were spaces on Twitter. People talking about fire Mike Norvell now yeah, yeah. for losing the number one player in the country to exactly. primetime. And I'm telling you, if you're a corner, why wouldn't you think about it? Why not learn from the best? I mean, seriously, why wouldn't you do that? Just like Eddie George. He's a coach, Tennessee State. If you're a really good running back, might want to learn from a guy like him. Instead of, uh, and no, there's no disrespect to coaches, but a lot of coaches are what? Backup quarterbacks or, you know, whatever. Guys that try to get it done at a certain level. And some of them, you know, really are really good. Don't get me wrong, but... If you can learn from Primetime or Eddie George or somebody like that, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? And I'm not saying everybody, but why not one or two? And if you can get one or two, you might be able to get three or four. If you get three or four, all of a sudden you got a hell of a squad. And you're doing, you're putting up big numbers like, like Dion's, you know, doing right now, and you're getting attention for the program, which is most importantly. Because at the end of the day, what are you trying to do? You're trying to help everyone get educated. You're trying to get them on the field, and you're trying to get them noticed. You know who gets noticed? Deion Sanders gets noticed. So that means that every player on, his, on, the, on the field that he's coaching is getting noticed, even the opposite team, because ESPN wasn't showing Jackson State games before Deion got hired. Exactly. They just weren't. So now if you're a quarterback, say, and you're showing out, somebody's going to be like, damn, who's, who is that guy? And for all the people that say, oh, it's going to hurt this kid's draft stock or their chances to get seen, not if didn't he's that good. Car- didn't they'll hurt Carson Wentz. They'll, no. Didn't the, hurt Trey Lance. Look, man, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Exactly. Line 322 is the time. We'll come back, take some more of your calls, take some of your texts off the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You listen to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Normally on Wednesdays, we do a, a look ahead and a preview of the game coming up. Uh, since the Browns are dealing with so much COVID issues, we'll do that on tomorrow's show. I will pass this note on from Jake Trotter. Does a fantastic job covering the Browns. Said the Raiders are now favored by one and a half or yeah, one and a half points over the Browns who opened up as six and a half points favorite this week. So because of all these COVID issues, the Browns were favored almost by a touchdown. And now they're the underdog by a point and a half. So uh, that lets you know how fast things change uh, when you're dealing with these COVID issues across the NFL. But yeah, tomorrow's show, we'll have a preview of the game. We'll actually deep dive into the game. Uh, do appreciate having Steve Weishon, who will be on the broadcast I'll be a reporter there for NFL Network. And again, that game on Saturday could be seen on NFL Network. Don't forget that. If you're looking for it on TV, it's on NFL Network. St- Speaking of Steve Weish, my man Jason in Maryland said uh, on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, I'm a, Hampton, I'm a Hampton alum. What Steve didn't mention is we own them in pretty much every sport. And I graduated in 2000. It's the same now as it was then. We own them. Hashtag Hampton Pirates. I love it. <laughs> Keep it coming. Keep it coming. I love it. 
I love it, man. That's good stuff right there. Uh, one more text from RG714. I don't believe there are many Raider fans in Vegas because they want a winning culture. For example, the Golden Knights. Yes, the city is excited because of all the money that will be generated. But just like we are starting to see empty seats in games, there will be a few fans sprinkled here and there. But most of those overpriced seats are just sold for profits. If DC is quarterback next year, I'll be wearing a brown bag on my face too. That's from RG714. And I can tell you, again, I don't, I don't like to answer for everybody because I don't know everybody. So I can answer for what I've seen. And I've seen a lot of Raider fans around Las Vegas. I could, I could promise you there's a ton of Raider fans around Las Vegas. I could also tell you there's a ton of Raider fans that I know in particular that will come to the city for the Super Bowl, regardless if they actually go in the game or not. That's the thing about it. That's the thing about Las Vegas that a lot of fans might not know. And maybe you do know. A lot of times when we're at the Rockstar on Saturday, how many people, DeMond, do we talk to that say, oh, I'm just in town for the game this weekend. Oh, you going to the game? No. Yeah, or even some people where they're like, hey, I didn't get a ticket, but I just wanted, I just to, be, came, I just wanted to be in town for the weekend. Just wanted to be in town for the weekend. I'm going to watch the game somewhere. Exactly. So that happens. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, the first couple times I covered the Super Bowl, I didn't go to the game. I didn't. But I was in the, t- the town. The very first one I went to was in New Orleans. And Mama Q, she actually was there with me. And guess what? We sat at some bar right off of Bourbon Street and watched the whole damn game. The 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. There was a part of the game where I might have taken a nap because I partied all day. But that's fine. Well, the game gave you an option to do that, too, when they shut down for like 30 minutes. Dog, I missed that. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) It was a long day on Bourbon Street, brother. (laughs) That's another story for another day. But I'll say this. You don't have to always go to the game to still enjoy being in in, in your area or around your favorite team's stadium. You don't have to. There could be a lot of Raider fans in town for the Super Bowl weekend and not necessarily go to the game. That happens. So I just I'm careful when it comes to answering for everybody, because as Fargo Raider, not Fargo, excuse me, not Fargo Raider, uh, H and Albuquerque called earlier. He's a Bay Area guy. He's excited. I mean, he's not in, in the Bay now, but he's excited. He's excited about the, you know, the Super Bowl. So I just like I said, I try to caution. And just because you're feeling some kind of way and got some emotions going, be careful about answering for everybody. Like you're not going to hear me answer for everybody. You, that's why I ask you individually, how are you feeling about it? That's what I think you should do. 702-365-9200. Uh, got some patient callers. Is Fargo Raider on, Is by the way? Fargo Raider is on. Let's Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Damon and Q, my guys. What's up, man? dude? Glad to hear you guys safe today. Uh, I'm going to say, starting off with that HB, HB, uh, UC conversation, I do understand what you're saying because Winston, I live right here in Fargo where NDSU is or Winston, uh, and uh, I don't know why. Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance, where they came out of, man, and those guys are like gods here when they were playing. They shone more brightly because they were in a smaller school, you know. Mm -hmm. When Mayock came here for the pro day, that made news around town. Like People told me about it. Right. You know, so, I mean, more power to uh, prime time for pulling that off. And I'm going to say as a, as a Raider fan, man, I get excited for the draft every year. I get I get more hype than a DJ Khaled song by the time draft time hits. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think I think the Super Bowl being there in 24 will light a fire under Mark Davis. Added to that, the increased cap. I think we can keep key guys. 
and get get a vet or two to help out that old line. I mean, that would make a world of difference. Time and 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 a run game would completely change this team. We'd be back to the uh, talking about them, but like we were when they were five and two. Right. And Q and Demond, I do appreciate y'all. I know Hella Raider Nation does too. You know, and I've I, I've been told I'm a fake fan. <laughs> I was a silver and black twinkle in my father's eye. I got the shield tatted on my arm, and I got my son tatted in Raider jerseys on right next to it. You know, but somebody's always going to hate. That's just the way it is. In either way, you got my love, brothers. You guys have a good day. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. There goes Fargo Raider right there. And, yeah, I'll tell you, for years on top of years on top of years, before I ever got into any kind of sports media or anything, man, the draft was my favorite subject. I loved the draft each and every year, and that's when it was in New York. But I bet you every Saturday morning, because that's when it was only Saturday, it wasn't in primetime action, it didn't start on Thursdays. When it started on Saturdays, I was at my buddy's house with a 12-pack of Corona or whatever the beverage of the day was, and we were locked in. And we watched the whole Saturday and then got back at it and did it on Sunday. And I'll tell you, that one six-pack or 12-pack of Corona didn't last long. It might have lasted round one. Maybe. We, had a, we made a day of it. I mean, that's what fans, football fans in general used to always do. And that's why the, the draft is such a big deal. Every fan base gets fired up. And this is, I, out of all the events I've been blessed to cover, from the Super Bowl to the draft to many other things, from individual games, I enjoy covering the draft more because that's when I get to witness every fan base fired up about what they have, what their team potentially could do. That, that's because there's so much optimism. Right. When you see the fan reaction that's of somebody. That's the house of optimism. When you see like somebody's reaction and like somebody beco- goes viral because they're looking dumbfounded that the team make their pick, that's because they're disappointed because they had so much hope that they were going to take whatever player that they thought they were going to take. Right. But it's, that just that's what makes it so much fun. You got some people that are going to be hooting and hollering, we got that receiver. And you got, got some people that's going to be like, we should have taken that corner. Right. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We got one quick text and then I'll take a call. Uh, if there's such a strong fan base in Vegas and wanting to come to Vegas, then why are there so many empty seats? Vegas, Vegas is excited about hosting the Super Bowl, but most fans don't go to the Super Bowl. So why would they care? I know I don't. And that's fine. I appreciate how you ended that. I know I don't. That means that you don't. There's so many empty seats because right now the Raiders are losing. Bottom line. That's why there's empty seats. If the, if they were winning, if they were 7-2 and two or whatever, and they were in First place in the AFC West, guess what? That place will be packed to the gills with fans. But they're not. They're losing. That's why it's empty. I can promise you that. That's why there's a lot of empty seats, because those are expensive seats. And some people are saying, you know what? I don't think that they're going to win this week, so I'd rather go ahead and sell my tickets. And they'll do that. That's why. Because people believe in making money, just like I'm sure you do whatever job you do. If you have an opportunity to make money instead of spending money, and that's why I've been saying on this radio show, that I'm sure you've listened to long enough to know, I have said the Raiders need to become a winning product at home. How many times have I said that, Damon? How many times have I preached that? All the time. Because if they don't, they'll just become another sideshow on the, on, the, on, the side, on, on the strip. And we mentioned this when Cassie was on. Cassie mentioned it. Yes. Which was on earlier There's this week. too much to do they in Vegas. they got to give the fans something to want to come in and see. Exactly. No one it, wants to spend their money on a losing product. It's not that there's not a fan base. It's not that people don't want to cheer. It's people don't want to go see someone lose when there's too much to do here. That's why there's empty seats. I'll tell you right now, I spent $1,000 when we had fans come to – our friends come from Texas. I spent $1,000 on tickets, and, at, and that was the Chicago Bears game. And I wish I had spent my money on something else. That would have been four empty seats that, I, 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 that wouldn't have been filled. But I spent the money because I wanted to show them a good time. And guess what? The game sucked. It wasn't a good time. 
So I'd rather have just given that money to some other event and let them go and have a good time while I go cover the game. Instead, I thought, hey, this will be a great event for you. That's why there's empty seats. Because Not because there's fans that aren't happy about the team and want, want to cheer on the team. It's because they want to cheer on a winner. Let's not act like in Oakland, all the seats were sold out. I was there. I was at the last game. Were you? I'm serious. Because I know what the stadium looked like. You know what? There's a lot of Jaguar fans that were there at the last game of the season. Let's not make that mistake. My wife got the battle wound on her shirt that proves that we were there as someone was trying to steal the seat at the Coliseum. So let's not act like no other fans went to any other game and that the Oakland Coliseum was just selling out game after game after game. It wasn't. If you're living in that world, it's false. You can think what you want, you can believe what you want, but it's false. Is there fans in in Vegas? Absolutely. Is there a strong fan base in Vegas? Absolutely. Is it you? No. That's fine. 702-365-9200. We got Jason right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Jason? Q, 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 Q. Man, what did I step into? I get off of work and I hear all this talking about (laughs) Vegas and everybody's all, oh, no, Vegas, nobody's proud. Man, when they announced the pro uh, the draft in 2020 that was going to be here, I took two weeks off so I could go to it, and I still had those two weeks off, and then COVID happened, and guess what? I never, never got to go. And you guarantee I'm going to go to this, this draft coming up, and once the Super Bowl comes up, I'm definitely going to that too. I mean, dude, being in Vegas, you, okay, people talk about all oh, the Golden Ice, this and that. I, I'm going to say this now. I was, I was here when the Golden Ice started, and I'll tell you in the beginning, it wasn't packed. It was until they started making it and getting to the playoffs and doing all these records that nobody's ever seen with an expansion team ever do. Then it got huge. I mean, I remember our first playoffs, and right, and the whole outside of T-Mobile was full of people. It was, it was like party central up in there. You go out there now in front of the T-Mobile, ain't a soul. So it's not that, man. So I'm going to say this too, though. The, the like... Being in Vegas, the people that can't be here, I get it. You know, me too, Q. I exactly what you just said about spending the money. Well, I, I'm not a ticket holder. Unfortunately, I couldn't afford it. That's the that's that's the logist of it. Right. But when I when I had the opportunity, I go when I can. The only two, the only games that I've missed have been the Bears and the freaking uh, the Skins. So sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. The uh, the football. Team. <laughs> You're good. And and uh, man, you know. Dude, is it is it's tough on my dime, and I, I mean, I'm not a ticket holder, so you think I'm paying cheap money? No, I'm, I'm waiting to the last second to see if I can find two tickets for 150 bucks a ticket in mm-hmm. the bleeders. Exactly. You know, and so and that's and that's just if I want to go with my lady, that doesn't include if my dad wants to go, the family wants to go, and everything like that. So mm-hmm. trust me, it's it's hard as a person that doesn't have tickets because there's a lot of people that are out of state that do have ticket holders, right? And they're still selling their tickets. So I mean. If we were to see maybe some more wins, I can guarantee you. I mean, look, I drive by the stadium. The morning of football, it is packed. There is cars lined up. You know this. There's people ready to tailgate, and I'm ready to go, too. So it's not like there's nobody here, but, you know, the disrespect that coming to Vegas, oh, people are not ready for the Super Bowl. Dude, I am pumped for the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't care who's going to play. I mean, of course I want my team to be there. But if they're not there, I'm still going to be pumped for everything that goes around in town. I mean, this, the, when, this, when they were going to talk about the, pro, uh, the, uh, the draft last year, it was, it was insane, all the stuff that they were talking about doing. The whole strip was going to be shut down for a week. Dude, I, took, I, I, was, 
I was ready to go and have the best time <laughs> of my life, you know? So, I mean, the disrespect out there, I mean, you know, I get it. You know, not everybody can see what's beyond the TV. And nobody can, not, not everybody can come on down here, you know, come see us at the Rockstar, come visit us at the remotes that you guys do. But you know what? I mean, you know, the people that are online, they're the people, they're just keyboard warriors, man. It, it's, it sucks. That's why I got off of all that stuff a long time ago, because I realized it does nothing but make problems in your life. Smart man. You know? <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, but, but look, you know, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, put it down this way, it's the... I mean, I hope the Raiders will win now. I hope they can get a, get something in their butt to get going this weekend, you know, bury cement like that. I mean, you know, if I get embarrassed at work, you best believe I'm about to go guns a-blazing, you know. Right. So it's – it's they better come out. You know, I know it's going to be a nasty game. It's going to be a nasty game. I don't know how well we're going to be able to run it, but I don't think these sideline behind the pass – behind these screens – or I'm not sorry, not screens, but check down throws, mm-hmm. I mean – I don't think that's going to win it. No, but I think, I mean, if I think that if we can at least do something more midfield, I know I don't think we're getting Waller back. I don't know who else. I don't know who else is on the injury report. That's that's likely. I don't think we're going to get them back. Right. So I think, I think the only way for us to really win it this weekend, man, is, is, is like I said last week, we have to dictate the ball. Now I don't know if we can do that with our line. So I'm just thinking, like, if we can do anything. It's got to be down the middle, in the middle, in front of Carr's view, so Carr can just do a bunch of flats, a bunch of flats, a bunch of slants in, just enough for Carr because his pocket is so small, so short. He's got to be able to hike, look up, and there's got to be somebody within his peripheral before he can have to run or figure out what the heck's going to happen on the pocket. That, that's just me. That's what I think. But, you know, that's – I mean, if I'm hoping we win just because we're a point – over, I, I still feel that if we go out there flat and the people that are not in it um, show up to be not in it again, you know, it's just going to be another dilemma. And here we are till next year, you know. But I mean, I'm hoping we can pull this one out. We can at least try to get farther off in the, in, in the, the seeding and maybe pull one up later on. But I don't, I don't, I mean, not trying to be like that, but I don't know. I don't think we'll make the playoffs this year, unfortunately. I hear you. Good call, Jason. Thank you so much. And I'll tell you this, and we got another call coming up that we've got right behind you, but I've I've seen Jason. I've seen his dad. I've seen Jason's girl. I've seen his family multiple times, and I don't think I've ever seen him, not one time, as many times as I've seen him without Raider gear on. I'll just throw it out there. So that's why I always say be careful when you talk about who's a real Raider fan and who's not, because I know damn well that family right there, right there, that family is all Real, and I say that in air quotes, Raider fans. And they live in Vegas, so enough of the, oh, Vegas doesn't have any Raider fans. Yes, we do. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Let's go out to Raider Convert right here in town as well. Raider Convert, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. I used to uh, bleed black and gold for almost 50 years. And, uh, you know, boy, I just need some regime regime change in Pittsburgh. We need a new GM, new coach, a new quarterback. I live in Vegas. I love this city. So I switched teams, man. I converted to the black, uh, silver and black. I changed gold for silver and uh, started listening to these two guys on the radio, Q and DeMond, and, man, they just knock the ball out of the ballpark every day. But, uh, hey, you know, man, we're getting a Super Bowl. And once we get one, man, we're getting it every four or five years. You yep. know it, right? Yep. And this city's going to go crazy. And, look, the, the one I love Las Vegas. I absolutely love it. There's no better place in the world to live as far as I'm concerned. We're show people. We go out. We enjoy the entertainment. The one thing that's lacking 
is a sense of community. And if this team mm-hmm. can win a Super Bowl, this community will go, it will explode. It will be a mushroom cloud. I lived in Pittsburgh back in the 70s uh, when it was a rust belt. And the city was in severe decline. And this guy named Charles Henry Knoll came along and turned the worst team in the league, the, the, the laughable losers, into a dynasty that went four and six years. And it changed the entire image of the city. If this team, if Mark Davis can get it together, man, uh, and get a good coach and a GM, and and we can win a Super Bowl, holy cow, this city will just uh, will explode like a mushroom cloud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call, man. That was good stuff. Raider Convert right there, uh, right here in Las Vegas. We do appreciate you. We do appreciate you tuning in and, and dealing with us, Knuckleheads, Demond, and myself. Uh, we do enjoy the show each and every day. We do enjoy uh, interacting with Raider Nation and uh, yeah, man, that's I love how you mentioned the, the the sense of community. And that's something that and this is why I've been trying to be very community based on this show. And some people probably don't appreciate it as much as others. But because of what you just said is why I do it, because, yes, the community needs to be involved. If the Raiders are going to be in your community and if we're going to be a radio station in this community, we need to be heavily involved in the community. So when I have high school football coaches on, when I have 12 you uh, coaches on talking about a championship brought back to Las Vegas. That's why I do it. When we have UNLV people talking about UNLV, that's why I do it. They're in the community. That's why I do it. That's why we do what we do. That's why we go out to the rock star and hang out. We're in the community. It's more than just being behind the mic or being behind the, the Twitter. I would, man, I don't even want to get involved in that. I, I'm telling you, it's about being in the community. That's how you, that's how you make a, a, a name for yourself. That's how you make a name for for the for for everything that you got going on is being involved in the community, being accessible. That's the word of the day. Accessible. If you could be accessible, which the Raiders have done since they've been here, matter of fact, before they got here, they were accessible to the community. They've made a priority to make sure that they took care of kids in their lunches, paid them off, have different camps for kids so they can see what it's like to hang out with the NFL player and what they could potentially do. You know, Shaq was in the community putting together the park the other day. The new, uh, the new hoop courts just gave out a bunch of laptops. So it goes beyond even the Raiders. It's everyone who's affecting the community. And if I can be and we can be in this radio station, in this building, Lotus Broadcasting, we could be part of the community and be a small sliv- sliver that helps bring everything together. We've done our job. Regardless if you believe it, if you like it or what, This is the community that we live in, and this is the community that we're going to thrive in. And the only way you thrive as a community is to come together as a community. Instead of always trying to tear everybody down, we just try to uplift the community and try to be involved. My wife works in the community. My kid goes to school in the community. I want the community to thrive too. And I want everyone who comes into our community, it's more than just a strip. It's more than just partying and living it up. It's a hell of an area to be in and check out. It's a great place to live. Houses are beautiful. It's a great place to raise your family if you can't afford other areas. You know, you might want to move. Opportunity is amazing. I just came from Texas. The opportunity there sucked. I'll just keep it real. For someone that looked like me, my opportunity sucked. Here in this community, they don't care what I look like. I promise you. I had a guy at my old radio station that couldn't believe I could read. I asked him to do a live read, and he said, you do that? I said, no, I just talk. That's what he told me. It's that old, old Texas. Not new Texas. That was old Texas. This community is special. 
and we're going to be special with it. 348 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. All right, we got some giveaways that I wanted to do real quick, and I'm going to pass those on to Vinny Bonsignor because I got this text message that I have to address. And I don't even know why I go down this rabbit hole, but I do. Got one text that said, Preach on Q, we need more community. We have too much separation. A- absolutely right. 100%. I agree with that. Then another text, Q, you're absolutely right. I remember going to home openers in Oakland that were only 75% capacity, if that. Namely, the Rams of 2010. I was also at the Bears game this year, and I was being heckled by Bears fans when I got excited, which was rare at that game. My section was mostly Bears fans, with the exception of a couple Raider fans. All right, but this text, I got to get to real quick. The Raiders lost for decades in Oakland and sold out every game. First of all, that's false. That is false. That is absolutely false. And I'll go back to even when I was a kid. That's false because they wouldn't even show the games on TV in the Bay Area because the NFL had that stupid rule that you had to be sold out before it could even go on TV locally. And you know what my dad used to do? And I guess you're saying that I'm lying about that too. My dad used to get me in the car and drive out of the local area. We used to drive to Sacramento or farther just so we could watch the or so I could watch the game because he didn't care. But he knows I wanted to watch the game. So he used to drive out of the local area where the blackout was lifted so I could watch the game because it was not sold out, first of all. Second of all, it was not sold out. There's a reason why they put a tarp over Mount Davis that I sat in many times. I sat in Mount Davis plenty of times. The most memorable time I ever sat in Mount Davis was that Monday night football game against the Chiefs where it poured and it poured and it poured and the Raiders won, and I got sick as a dog and went to work the next day sick, but I was happy because the Raiders won. They put a tarp on that. You know why? Nobody was buying those tickets. So, no, the Oakland Coliseum was not sold out for decades while they were losing. No, it wasn't. That's false. That's a narrative that's in your mind, and that's incorrect. Again, you're not talking to somebody that's just covering the team because it's a job and someone hired me and I'm from – I don't know, the southern tip of Africa. You're talking about a guy that is actually a Raider fan and is in the trenches and has been there, done that, has been in the tailgates, has hustled across the, 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 the bridge at the Coliseum to get in. I grew up on this. I'm just as big a fan as you are. I just have a responsibility now. So I can't talk all crazy and reckless like a lot of folks do on Twitter. But to tell me that the, the Oakland Coliseum was sold out for decades is false. And it's not even close. And again, I was at the last game of the, 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 the existence of the Coliseum against the Jaguars. You're telling me that was sold out? I'll wait. It wasn't. And there's plenty of Jaguar fans. It's, and let me ask you this. How often do you see Jaguar fans anywhere? No, seriously. I'm not trying to be a goof. I'm being serious. How often do you see a Jaguar fan anywhere? When's the last time you ran into somebody's like, oh, that's a Jacksonville Jaguar. That's not a fan base that you know that travels well. Guess what, Jack? There was a lot of Jaguar fans at that game. And the reason I know, I was there in the black hole. Rob and Anna, they hooked us up with tickets. We sat in the black hole, some great seats. And you know who sat or near us? Jaguar fans. Again, I'm not lying because I was there. So don't come with me sideways and tell me that the Coliseum sold out for decades. Come on, man. 355 is the time. Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy are up next. I got some giveaways that I'm going to pass to them. They'll take you home 4 to 6 p.m. in the Right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'll holler.